Hey, this is Keith Price, and I am so glad that you have become a part of the Keith Price's Curtain Call family. It is really great that you guys are enjoying it, and I really, really feel like I want to give you guys more and do more for you. And the only way that I can do more is if I can get a little bit of help from you. So what I would like to ask of you is that you check out, if you're listening to the podcast, to the Patreon page that I have started in which I'm asking that if you have an extra buck or two that you could throw over to the side once a month, I would be very appreciative. As time goes on and the more support that I can get and the more energy that I can create, behind this, it will give me the opportunity to reach more people. And the more people that love theater in the world makes the world a better place. So www.patreon.com slash Keith Price Curtain Call. Help a brother out. Come on now. Help a brother out. Thanks a lot. You are listening to Keith Price's Curtain Call. In the world we Is that an opening song? Is that an opening number? (laughs) This is Keith Price, and welcome back to another edition of Keith Price's Curtain Call. And it is one of those moments where something is finally happening that is supposed to have been happening, I don't know how long ago. People don't, you know, get their schedule be messed up, my (laughs) schedule be messed up, I'm lazy, sometimes they busy and got lives and shit. But, but, this is something that has been in the works for a long time. This friend of mine... My friend William Cortez Statham, Statham Cortez, Statham Cortez, Cortez Statham, Cortez Statham. and you said the Statham right? Well, you know, people always say uh, Stratham, Staten, Statham, because they're idiots. Yes, <laughs> and then I say, and they don't read. And I say, you've heard of Jason Statham, of course, the British actor. And then I say that much. He's, oh, he's so dreamy. I too. know. Anyway, but so no, so William is here with me because we have been having this ongoing thing for now. I want to say this has been since. My days at Sirius. So that's yeah. at least, at the minimum now, three to four years ago yeah. in terms of conversation. And we, I discovered William on one of the um, Broadway uh, Facebook sites, Broadway Babylon. And I was introduced to this whole other arena of people mm. that are all hung up on the Broadway, as many <laughs> of us are. And it was fun because... There's a really wonderful cadre of interesting people in there, and it's fun because it it is another addition to that conversation that I've always said about not feeling like I was alone. Because, yeah, again, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, every time I think about everything I've ever done in terms of my love of the theater, yes. when I was living in Texas, it was sort of like I had to kind of keep a lot of it on the DL. What little I knew, I yes. had to keep it to the stuff that only people knew because you throw out something obscure, people are like, who are you? And you same know? thing for Virginia. You know? I grew up in Virginia Beach, which was, you know, the city. But I remember being the kid in choir class who literally made everyone watch the Disney ABC Annie with Audra McDonald during <laughs> break time. 
everyone else was like, no, we're tired. I'm like, no, we're no, watching, watching Audra, this. and she's going to be amazing. <laughs> and little did we know then, <laughs> yeah. that little old Audra just turned us to be this. Half, six times. 20,000 Tonys. You know, and still singing. Yes. So it was fun because we've been saying this all this time, and as recent when I started doing the podcast, about getting together and just having like the cast recording Kiki. Yes. And so what we decided to do was finally, because this season has started, everything is going on. And that first song that you heard from the Bikini Bottom Day (laughs) from SpongeBob, the musical, which of course, as many of you know, who follow me on the Twitter and the Facebook and the, 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 whatever it is that I'm on, I keep, all the social media, I can't, I'm not on, oh, the Instagram, I'm not doing the Snapchat. Um, You know (laughs) how much I loves me some SpongeBob, the musical, and nay I say, I will put my predictions out early. I don't care uh-huh. what nobody says because everybody's like, oh, Keith, you know, you can't say anything because the season's just midway. And there's a- yeah. I don't care. There's always. SpongeBob the Musical is going to be the, the show to beat for best musical. And I'm going to say oh, it's yeah. going to have like the Avenue Q effect. Oh, when it was Carolina Change, Wicked, and Avenue Q. Q and, and Wicked. And who was the other one? There was a fourth one. What of it? It's on that on that, that show business DVD. Yeah, exactly. That's how I always remember that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the four of them. And it, oh, taboo, taboo, which didn't make it to the to the end. Oh yeah. So, you know, I, it was interesting because I thought then that this show SpongeBob, like I've I come out of that show so excited and yeah. so revved up, like yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe that a fifty year old black gay man <laughs> could be that excited about a musical <laughs> that's about that was, a damn sponge. Yeah. yeah. Like, who and the thing is, is that for people that didn't see the show or don't know the T V show. Exactly. It you don't necessarily need it as much. You just have to re- surrender to the fact that you realize that it's a kid's show. Yeah. And you just yeah. kind of roll with it. Which I think was smart on the creative's part because right. I remember I had not seen a single full episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. Mm-hmm. Although my brother, who's 10 years my junior, was obsessed with it right. for the longest time. And I could never quite figure it out. And I was like, oh, it's just a kid's craze. It's a kid's TV show. And when I tell you that I sat in that theater and my friend, our friend Ken, can vouch for this, and I sobbed for two and a half hours because it was so joyful. <laughs> it was like, it wasn't that happy, like, you know, it's 42nd Street and we're mm-hmm. tapping, there's a you know, time to Which, that. There is a tap dance number in this show, work. Yes, Gavin Hello. Lee. Gavin Lee. Knock on the wood, honey. Gavin Lee. Maybe a support number for her, too. I'm not mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also happens to be my favorite song in the show. Of course. A, because it stops the show, but B, because I'm familiar with, I would say, 70, 75% of these artists. Mm-hmm. But, um... I will say when they first were talking about how they were going to do it with all of these artists like pitching in, I said, uh. Well, I mean, you know, when you think about this cast recording, because we're talking about SpongeBob the musical, this this cast recording, um, the there's artists like Cindy Lauper, John mm-hmm. Legend, um, um, what's her name? Oh my goodness. Sarah Bareilles. Sarah Bareilles. Um, Panic at the Disco. Panic at the Disco. Like all of these yeah. names that normally you don't even associate, except for Cindy Lauper, that you don't yeah. associate with Broadway and Sarah yeah. Bareilles now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't associate with it. And they're all contributing a song to this, or a song or two to the show. Yeah. And what I found so fabulous is I think it's Tom Kitt who did all the arrangements. Which are fabulous. He literally so see, fabulous. weaved all of those different songs by these different artists and these different people. Yeah. To where it's almost seamless. Like you don't, you can't, you're like, you're thinking, who's the pair that wrote exactly. these songs? Exactly. When I left like the show, I remember saying also to Ken, I said, you know what? It's interesting because one of the things that I was very um, 
fearful and cautious of going into it, besides not knowing the, the TV show, was how they were going to pull that off and make it sound like a seamless show. Right. Um, and honestly, it, this has happened before. They did it with the first Color Purple, um, in a way. There were different, and I can't remember the names of the artists, but there were different artists that came together. It wasn't just like a composer and a lyricist. Oh, well, yeah. I, yeah, there was a, there were several people that involved in that show, I remember now. Yeah. Thinking back. Yeah. Um, and that one came across very well. And so this one, too, but I think it's because of Tom Kitt. He makes these arrangements sound like a big contemporary. Well, you know, musical. one of the things about the musical that I'm always, I always say to people is if you are someone who loves the structure of a good musical, you yes. know, with your fabulous opening and your, yeah. your great 11 o'clock numbers and the fabulous me songs and all yeah. of that stuff, yeah. if you want a show that's going to give you just those specific elements, yeah. SpongeBob the Musical is for you. Yeah. If you want to go to a show that's going to not only have those elements, but then allow you to feel joy because yes. like the gospel number left me happy. <laughs> the tap dancing number left me happy. The I'm so mad at the world because they're doing this to me. I love that song. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. every yeah, song yeah. in that show was very, I think on the underlying um, element of it, they all had joy. They all had joy. And, and, and I love that the show itself the characters had stakes, like you know, yes. as ridiculous as it seems. Yes, we got to stop a volcano. That's a big yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the show, well, the show overall, uh, going back to just the overall structure of it, Tina Landau, Christopher Gatelli. Oh, that choreography. I, I was saying, yeah, I was saying to a Oof. friend of mine. Well, and also because some of them are wearing in that opening number even mm -hmm. these ridiculous. There are people on stilts. There are people, you know, with inflated chests. It's crazy. It's a. It's the most wonderful. Opening spectacle. But it's so beautiful to watch when it all comes together. But that's um, all thanks to Chris Catelli. Yeah. And Tina Landau, I was telling a friend of mine about this the other day. If you want to get kind of like an overall feel for the show, like a little quick teaser, go and watch either the Macy's Day parade performance or the Good Morning America performance that they did, where they both did, um, it was Bikini Bottom Day in both. Right. If you watch how it's structured, Tina Landau understands you don't have to make a $5 million volcano on stage. You take <laughs> ladders and you take some smoke. And when I tell you I was riveted, I was sitting on the edge of my seat like, oh my God. I was like, oh my God. Can Sweating say, bullets. Can I just say, my favorite thing about going to see this show was I went with a friend of mine. He's a comedian, a fellow comedian, mm -hmm. Adam Sank. And we were both sitting next to each other in the theater. And like after the opening song that you just heard, we both looked at each other and went, are we watching? Like, is this, okay, like that was cute, right? That was, that are we gonna love this? This is gonna be kind of fun. And then by the time we got to the end of the first act, we were like, "Are we really? Are we enjoying SpongeBob? We yes, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. by the time we were walking out, he just looked at me, and this is when you know when you see shows with your your sisters and your caddy queen friends. <laughs> when we walked out of the show, he looked right at me, and he goes. That show was everything that Charlie and the Chocolate Factory isn't. And I gagged. I just was like, Somebody oh my God. Somebody told me you were going to bring in a, a Chocolate Factory reference. <laughs> but yeah, but, because that... <laughs> I remember when we... Well, I mean, mm. in, in all honesty, I mean, they worked so hard on that show. Mm. And that show, I think, is a very difficult... There's There are certain movies that I think do not... Match well for stage. They not just when, don't. Not, even when you if give a, not when you give an audience a diorama <laughs> on a wheels. You know, build, build me up the whole half, first half of the show looking for a factory. And then <laughs> we open out, you wheeling something out like, really? Really? 
And they gave us all the music flourish and everything. And I was like, wheeled it out. Like, you did it. And that was it. I thought, okay, maybe that's the first part. And then something's going to come up from underneath the stage. Nothing. That show show alone was just Christian Borel. That was just Christian Borel walking his magic all over the place. But you know what, honey? Sometimes people got magic to do. And. You know, some things you just can't. You just just gotta ride that wave and get that check. Don't be mad. Don't be mad. Everyone, every actor has that show that it is you are just not in any sort of negative way. It's the check and it's the it's the medical insurance. This is the thing. That's right. Get that twenty weeks, baby. The thing I've I have come to understand because I was just having this conversation with one of my colleagues here at the studio, Mm. and I was saying to them, they were like, "So do you consider yourself like a movie uh, theater reviewer?" Mm, And I said, "No, I'm a theater ambassador, and my thing is." I want everybody to go see everything that's on Broadway, or everything that's in theaters, wherever they go. Yes. You go sit your behind in that seat and give some actors an audience to work against. Yes, yes. You give um, musicians uh, opportunity to play their music so yes. that they play their instruments so that they can get paid. Yeah, you know, yeah. so that th- there is something happening. There's the the people that are taking the tickets got a gig tonight. Yep. You yep. know, I'm all about supporting it from that perspective. Yes, I don't necessarily feel like everything is something that everybody else needs to see. But, you know, just because I don't particularly care for something doesn't mean that it's not worth for you. Because things that people like necessarily are not the same things that I like and vice versa. But at the same time, I love the art enough for you to say, well, if that's what you want to see, then get your behind down to the theater and go buy your tickets and keep that union popping. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I worked in ticketing for six, seven years, and I worked everywhere from Manhattan Theater Club, Second Stage, and then, like, commercial with, like, Broadway.com. And, mm-hmm. and what was fascinating was I worked for Broadway Across America, which is part of Broadway.com, and you would be amazed. We are so spoiled here in New York, I think, because, we, of course, we get everything first. Right. We had people... I'd be on the phone with some woman who wanted to exchange her tickets, who was a grandmother, and she was so excited about how the Grinch stole Christmas. It was coming. It was coming. I mean, she was just, like, almost on the verge of tears because, for them, it's more than just, I think, a show. Exactly. And I think for us, I mean, I know me especially sometimes, we fall into that lapse of cattiness. Well, you know right, I mean? because we have a surplus, and we, yeah. can, we can enjoy we can... some things and hate other things and yeah. dogpile yeah, yeah, yeah. and other things, whereas... There are people that this is their only life. I mean, yeah, I was one of those yeah. kids living yeah, yeah, in Texas. Me too. That yeah, yeah. If there was a touring show of something that I could possibly get a chance to see, mm-hmm. then I would see it. You mm-hmm. know, but but at the same time, that was it. Yeah, yeah, Movie musicals, and that's all you got. Yeah. So you know, you're right that we are very spoiled here in New York because we do have access to so much, and there are mm. so many different forms of entertainment that oh, you can yeah. see. You can see them in the cabaret. You can see. Them. So you have all of these options to yeah. do that, and so we do tend to be a little bit, you know, dismissive. <laughs> and I had to really check myself with that because, you know, this last season there was that Home for the Holidays. People were like just reading that show for filth, honey. What was it? Well, it was <laughs> it like was just, an amalgam of American Idol, American the Idol, Voice. The Voice, um, uh, America's Got Talent, Danny Aiello, The Bachelorette. <laughs> I mean, it was <laughs> there was a lot of stuff going on in that show. And, and okay. you know, and you know, I I have one of my little side gigs is I'm a ticket concierge for uh, Today Ticks, and so I was standing outside the sh- theater, and people were getting their tickets to see the show, and I was like sitting inside, going, "Why would anybody want to come see this?" And then I thought about it, and I was like, "Well, 
there are five people that are working security and doing the tickets right in front of me. Amen. And so guess what? Because they of this ridiculous it, show, yes. they're working at Christmas time, so they're going to have a cute Christmas yes. with them and their families. Those um, those um, musicians that are working to play the music for exactly. Dan- for Danny Aiello, those people. <laughs> and for the, I'm you know, um, so but those people are working. They're getting to work, and yeah, so I'm yeah. I'm like, all right, well, if you want to come all the way from wherever you're coming and. Home for the Holidays is something that appeals to you. Yeah. Then take your butts, go see the show, and sit down <laughs> and have a good old time. And that's supporting Broadway. And that's, and that's supporting theater, and that's supporting Broadway. Yeah. I don't have to love it. And it's hard, too, for these theater producers, I have to say, because, you know, obviously Springsteen on Broadway yeah. is huge. Yeah. When they first announced it, I thought, is this where is this where we're going? You know what I mean? Is it, Are we going to where we're going to have huge stars that basically will do extended sit-down concerts at a theater. And then a friend of mine explained it to me so perfectly, and she said, well, you know what? That theater would have gone dark. Yeah. And those people would have been out of work, and that's not good. That's not good either. We live in an age where, I mean, theaters are... People are scrambling to get into them. Yeah. But it used to be that Broadway had so many more theaters in general. Well, I mean, they had more theaters, and they had more things to, I think... What's happened is actually is that it's the commerce of yes, producing uh, theater that is keeping the artistic theater energy away from Broadway. Yes, right? and they have to go where the mass money is. Yes, yes, that's why a lot of times too. I'm always quick to tell them, don't don't disregard off Broadway because please may, do not. You will get your your feelings turned out in a good off Broadway <laughs> show because it's just you and like eighty people. Can I tell crying. you how many times I've seen an August Wilson something? I'm mean, piano lesson. I was sitting there just like. <laughs> Ugly cry. Just ugly cry. So now I'm sitting here with William and we're talking about we're supposed to be talking about cast recordings. <laughs> but and we were just doing and it's funny because one of your your songs that you said that you love from yes. the SpongeBob is this one of my favorites too, which is yeah. the big tap dance number I'm not a loser. Yeah. And I gotta give it to Gavin Lee. He worked me out. I was like With those feet, those feet on feet things. It was amazing. <laughs> was I was like, just like, this is this is such a fun number and a fun show. Yeah. And like you got to hear him like belt it out for the, the oh, I mean, yeah. we, we're gonna go for the big finish because we don't have time to like y'all can catch the rest of the song when you buy the CD, <laughs> but this is just for the big finish. Listen to this. Wait, let me find it. I don't stink. I'm not a waste. I'm not all alone in thinking that I'm not, not, Let's just be for honest and for real. <laughs> that number was everything in that show. Because, like, again, Chris Catelli, 
that show being the type of show that it is, it doesn't have to. But let's throw in a tap number, please, because I'm all about tap. Any anytime there's a tap, I don't give a shit how awful a show is. You if throw you in a tap a, number. If you, if you throw a tap number in the show, <laughs> I will find some love for you. I will tell people, all right, maybe it might not be your cup of tea, but that tap number is yes. everything. Yes. <laughs> That's why, like one of our one of our foregone shows, I miss so dearly. Shuffle, um, that opening number, I said, uh, 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 between everything, Brian Stokes, Mitchell, Audra McDonald, tapping, Billy tappin'. Porter, tapping. Yes, like I didn't know y'all could tap. Audra kicking her face while pregnant. <laughs> that was everything. She, yeah, but everything. You throw out a good tap number, and also Gavin Lee. I mean, Ethan Slater's is. Phenomenal. Ethan phenomenal, Slater's phenomenal. amazing. Nick um, Blake Myers, fabulous. Yeah, yeah. Um, so is Adam's family. Oh my gosh, what is his name? I'm forgetting. Um, mm. Also, shout out to my friend Stephanie Shu, who was in Be More Chill, mm-hmm. Joey Connors' musical at True River Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, get that cast recording because it's amazing as well. Um, who plays the sidekick of. cannot remember his name, but he was in Adam's family. Wesley Taylor? Yes. Yes. Wesley Taylor. Yeah, they're like he's kind the, of the evil. Yeah, he's the um the plankton, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's plankton. <laughs> yeah. Adorable. Yes. And he got a hip hop number. Yes. Honey, oh yes. Just, uh, yes. That show, honey, those children on that stage are working. Yes. And that, that was the other thing too. So you know, again, I we are talking about SpongeBob the musical and how wonderful and fun and vibrant and joyful and and it's like one of those musicals that people are talking about. Yeah. But there's also another musical right now that's happening on the Broadway yes. that people are you know it's an off Broadway show that won a lot of got a lot of love the drama desk everybody lived for this show David Yazbek who's a friend at least I think he's a friend of the show he may hate me (laughs) I doubt it I loved him but he may hate me but he's he's you know he is the music that he creates for the show is really wonderful and very very beautiful I just for me it took the show was a little and I haven't seen it yet, although there is a song. What's the song that you were talking about that you like, the Welcome to Nowhere? Welcome to Nowhere. It yeah. just has this very, like, um, David Yazbek, I think, is one of these composers from musical theater that he's contemporary, but he also has kind of a foot in the old and the new. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've loved all of his scores. Full Monty, I'm on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Honey, no, that no, model no. behavior, But Shut yes, up. Laura Benanti. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Talk about a genius. I mean, and that's the kind of song that you write for an actor of that of those comedic chops. Yeah. We all know that she's, she's she genius. can be a coloratura and then but she's hysterical. He understands much like Sondheim how to write for for characters. Well, I mean, this show, you know, people are really going on about the show itself. But let's you know, let's take a little listen to Welcome yes. to Nowhere and then, you know, we'll come back and get our Middle Eastern flavor <laughs> on. Oi, oi. <laughs> Sandhill of your choosing. Take some bricks that no one's using. Build some buildings, put some Jews in. Then blah blah blah. Here you are in the mound, Betatikva. Go ahead, look around, Betatikva. Lucky you, you are found, Betatikva. Welcome to nowhere. With a B. Welcome to nowhere. 
So a taste of welcome to nowhere, honey. Yes. Don't you love that? Okay. It's very like you just want to shoot your tatas. You want to shimmy. Yeah, yeah. You know, but again, I feel like that's where most of the action is for me with the show. <laughs> I'm so shady. Well, like we were no. talking about before, a, a very dear family friend of mine went and saw it a few weeks ago, and she goes on these these bus trips um, mm-hmm. to go see several shows, and she said we were so excited about it, and she goes, but did I miss something? They were all talking in this you know, weird accents, and I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I said, did you get it? They went to the wrong town. You're good. <laughs> like, but then again, it's won every, I mean, it's already slated to win all these awards. It's because last season it won the OB and the drama That's desk and right. the da-da-da-da-da-da. Well, it, it came into the new season with a lot of really great momentum. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that, you know, I feel like every season we always are looking for that next moment. Like, yes. You know, and Hamilton mm-hmm. did it. And then Dear Evan Hansen did yes. it. Yes, and, and now now there's kind of sort of not anything. There's nothing else to really. So we're like against it. So everybody was like the band's visit. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. And so like you know, and and granted, it's a very slow moving piece. Yeah, that yeah. people are t- saying that it's about the longing and the <laughs> things that they that people want. And I and I am okay. Knock yourselves out. <laughs> I think that that's great. Go for David Yazbek's fabulous music. He does yeah. a wonderful job. I just felt for myself personally, the story was a little slow. Yes, I've um, heard that. I've heard but that. I understand that if you were a fan of the film, then the film and the pace of the film is basically the same with the musical. So, like, you're yeah. not. You're not the, I was like, but I, I, I didn't <laughs> see the movie and nobody told me that going in. So, yeah. you, well, you kind of like hit people that, to that. Yeah. And I, when I read something the other day that said it was based off the movie, I'd almost forgotten that. Mm-hmm. Like, I vaguely remember that it was a movie, but I didn't see the movie. Um, I think sometimes there are shows that come along like that that are just, they're dramatic, they're based off of true stories, mm-hmm. they're great for critical success. It will have a, a good life, and then... <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> I mean, there, there are shows great. like that that are just like, they're the critical, critical success of a season or two, and then it's like, <gasps> and then fizzle, fizzle. Well, I made the mistake of saying that I was not a huge fan of the show in front of one of the actual producers of the show. <laughs> And at first, I was like, oh, my God, should I retract what I say? And then I thought, no. They're a producer. They should I'm, be used to I'm that. 50, and I'm a grown-ass black man. And if yes. I'm going to sit in a room to see something, and if it does not suit my fancy, <laughs> okay, I have every right to say it doesn't suit my fancy. Like, you just why, me, where is that a bad thing? You just gave me Oprah. Like, I'm 50. I'm 50. And at this point in my life. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't have time to be worried about, oh, my God, did I hurt their feelings? It's like, no. you kind of hurt my feelings have me sitting there for 95 minutes. I'm just saying. But also, any producer worth their salt is going to actually want to occasionally hear that. I mean, Well, I mean, you know, I, I think that the particular producer was somewhat open to it, but at the same time was very quick to remind me that other people <laughs> are really big about are loving it. And I, and, I, and I said to that person, <laughs> well, I said, you know what? And you're absolutely right. And, yeah. I'd say, and it was a conversation <laughs> that was uh, preceded with... The comp, the thing about how, like we were talking earlier about the critics and, and, oh, and yeah. things. And it's like, one of the things about when you, I've noticed that when people write these vicious reviews, you know, yes. some of these really Scathing. like, like, you know, wow, <laughs> like <laughs> who really peed in your cornflakes when you sat down <laughs> to write this? Because you are yeah. nasty. Yeah, I've yeah. read some of those reviews and I always wondered, 
when they write these reviews and you know they walk away and they're finishing they're like well mm. I've said what I've had to say and if that show is destroyed because of that well that's not my fault the people you know yeah. and I and I wonder if those people that do those things like that recognize mm. that when you continue to write kinds of things like that and you discourage people from wanting to challenge themselves as artists mm -hmm. to create mm -hmm. something new yeah. because they're afraid that someone like you is going to rip them the exactly. shreds publicly and you're now you're basking in your, your right as this person to have this opinion. Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah. you're going to wind up not having stuff to write about. Exactly. It's the, I call it the, the double domino effect. I you love know? how we're saying like, People like that, and we all know who we're talking about. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> um, even, you know, in, but, in, in any arena, because yeah. you know, it's not just we we talk about it because of here in New York. But I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, those people empower other folks to feel like they have that same it, power of the pen. Exactly, and it's a shame because people won't get to get towards uh, a cast recording like a SpongeBob if they they, yeah. they slam it. Yeah, people didn't just get to discover Bonnie and Clyde. Because they oh, slammed yes. it. Yes, yes, yes. You know yes, what yes. I'm saying? They wild. didn't love Catch Me If You Can and they mm -hmm. slammed it. It was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, and and I can I can understand if you don't like something. I can totally yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. to to completely rip something apart for whatever reasons you're using yeah. to do it. There's I, a there's a tact to it. And also let's remember, well, first of all, I don't believe that a review should ever <laughs> at the end of reading it, make whoever was attacked go crawl in a corner and cry. Exactly. Um <laughs> but even aside from that, you're absolutely right because I've met a lot of artists who are scared to put their work out there in the public forum. And conversely, you have these producers and there's these amazing up-and-coming musical theater writers um, and they are honestly scared. It's not that they don't want to produce it, but they're saying, where's the following? Where's the following? Or what What else is it's interesting with the producers is like for them – the money conversation is a big deal because that's what yeah. it's about for them. And yeah, so, like, yeah. if they can look at something and think it's not going to make money, yeah. or if they think that some critic is going to destroy it, yeah, so yeah. that the opportunities for it to make money are, are ruined, it's like it's a shame. Yeah. And so, you know, so people will lose out on that. Yeah. But at the same time, I also feel like when they quickly uplift something so so highly yes <laughs> it makes me question like so you completely obliterated something and now yeah. you're praising something to the highest yeah end. like i was reading i heard this this, this and i don't mean to be shady but Let's i heard this there. this this review on the news that like you know how they do the commercial thing yeah, and it yeah. was like it's as important as oxygen and i was like okay <laughs> all right now I, I I saw that show. <laughs> it was not as important as Oxygen. <laughs> it was nice. Do, do you remember the show they were talking about? Uh, yes. What was it's it? the one we're talking about now, The Man's Visit. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> as essential as Oxygen. To who? Well, I yeah. mean, and again, fabulous review. That's yes. a fabulous talking point for your review. But come on. I also think some reviewers, they it's a little bit, um, if I may use the word, masturbatory. <laughs> um, my college my college professor used that one day, that word one day. I thought, you can say that? And he's like, yes. It's really appropriate. Um, <laughs> of course, you have to go to confession after. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hail Mary. Um, but it's it's masturbatory because sometimes they like to, to see they're a, a reviewer said this to me once they like to have a nice headline that's mm -hmm. very catchy and very um intelligent and see it on a marquee of course you know hanging and i i, I get that of but course. as important as oxygen is a bit that much <laughs> i was like you know i 
I, I, you know, again. Maybe as important as Britta. <laughs> I don't know. Can we go there? Britta. Because I live for my Britta filter. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, but I mean, but like, I really do. I feel like at some point, you know, we need to, like, those, that's like a whole other conversation for another day. Because, yeah. you know, again, the, I love this. I love the idea of the show. And I love mm-hmm. the show that it's there. I just, it's not my my cup of tea. Yeah. And I've learned now that it's okay for me not to love something because other people will. Yes. You know? Mine this season was war paint. See, I, nobody loved it. Nobody loved it. I sat there, and again, I saw. I'm just. I sob at theater because theater is my life. Right. But but there's been. But that show, people were saying, oh, it's not. It's not necessary because it doesn't. What is it? What is it telling us? Yeah. And I said, well, besides the whole fact about women empowerment, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that these two women were these icons um, and the first females in their field to do so and run their own business, but also it's a really fascinating story. But that score is mm-hmm. phenomenal, and people were slamming it left and right and saying it's not going to last. Well, I think that, I think people were more concerned that it felt like it was that you going to a Patty concert and a Christine concert. Yeah, the, was... the dueling divas. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, which, um, <laughs> it's like, having met it, both of them, I could almost... Oh, my I, God. I would want to guess that maybe they, they wrote the you play just, knowing they don't have to interact at all, but they can both be on the stage at the you same just, time. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm, totally having, I'm totally having a flashback I haven't had for two years. You just reminded me. I haven't thought about this. I met Christine Ebersole mm-hmm. on 43rd Street in, like, what is it called? Like, green something? Mm-hmm. It's like this little, like, you know, very vegan, vegetarian-friendly... And I, I walk in there and I stand in line and she's standing in front of me with a Diet Coke. And uh-huh. I just went, <gasps> and she turned around and she, and she goes, and she was so like, you know, just lovely. And she goes, yes. And I said, I saw Grey Gardens twice. Um, you perhaps are the best female actress in the musical theater. And I just have to express that to you. And she was like, you are a doll. You are just a doll. <laughs> and I was, you know, but, she's, but that that show to me, I mean, besides the fact that Christine Ebersole is, I think, one of the greatest vocalists mm-hmm. ever, um, there were things that she was doing in the song Pink that I literally, my friend James and I, we just grasped hands. I have to go back and review that one. That's that's something, because, you know, we're, we're talking about, like, the cast the, recordings, the, the cast recordings yeah. again, because, you know, we have to bring it back. Yes. But we're talking about the cast recordings that are happening on the shows that are this season right now. But there are a few that, that we reach back. So we were talking about yes. the band's visit. Yes. And, of course, uh, SpongeBob, SpongeBob the musical. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we have not yet seen anything from the Prince of Broadway, which it's was a, which was officially the first musical yeah. to come out of the gate for the new season. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> Please keep that in. I just went to go suck through the stirrer of my tea because we're very classy. trying to be classy and very classy. Um, <laughs> but but um, right now, and we're gonna say it. I'm just gonna, we're gonna start off with just a little bit of waiting for life. From the 2018 uh, Broadway cast of the new Broadway cast recording of the Lynn Aaron's Stephen Flaherty mm-hmm. classic genius piece, Once on This Island. Honey. I need to hold on because I'm just mm. going to go through it. Let me just give you a little taste of Waiting for <laughs> Life because she's going to turn you out. Kayla Kilgore. Oh, gods, oh, gods, please be there. Don't you remember your little teen moon from the tree? Quick up, look down, hear my prayer. Don't single me out and then forget me. Oh, God, oh, God, Whoa. 
waiting for life to begin. <laughs> yes, yes, honey. Oh, my God. Mm. What a surprise. What a dream. What a darling yes. freaking show. Yes. This one's on this on. And, y'all, the cast recording is just actually, it's just been released. Like, I think by the time you're listening to this, it will have been at least maybe a week or so that this thing has been out. Yes. And, y'all, yeah. I was waiting. After yeah. seeing the show, <laughs> I was ready for the cast recording to already be in the lobby when I walked out the theater. I still have to see it. <gasps> I'm going to see it within the next couple of weeks, I'm pretty sure. I oh. have my feelers up, but this is a show that, like, I, I actually did it in college, mm -hmm. and I played Daniel, and besides the fact that it's very t uh, difficult to cast a six-foot biracial, on the occasional flamey side, mm. in acting, but not really, um, but I remember, like, seeing my name on a cast as a lead, and that, I mean, with the exception of, like, maybe ragtime or something, someone of, of my mm -hmm. um, complexion that's, you know, mixing... I was flabbergasted, and then I didn't even know the score. And mm -hmm. then our music director gave me the CD, the original cast recording, um, and said, "With Miss Lashans, with Lashans, she's coming in summer, the Donna Summer." Oh, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, but um, <clears throat> he said, "Just, just listen to it, you know." Mm -hmm. And I has Ragtime is my favorite score of all time, yeah. hands down. So I knew it was going to be good. And I first started listening to it, and I thought, "Oh, this is." You know, it's got a Caribbean calypso. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And then I just fell in love with it. The, the story best. is so beautiful. It's the best. And I've been touting it for years. I said, whenever they bring the show back to Broadway, um, A, I hope they get it right. And B, I hope they cast me as Daniel. <laughs> so you're, okay, Isaac Cole Powell. Um, <laughs> but I have to don't. say, I listened to him on this. <clears throat> excuse me. And his voice is so May I say it? <laughs> Sexy. He, honey, <gasps> I had to Lord. check myself because I felt like Chester Ooh, the Molester. Jesus. I was um, watching him and getting <laughs> Chester the Molester. I was like, let me sit my ass right down here and let this boy sing because very, I don't need to be all up in there. He's very striking. And I, I'm going to tap my own horn here for a bit, but and also shout out to Broadway Records for doing this. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, Robbie Rosell invited me to the cast recording. Yes. And I've never been to a cast recording before. And I thought it was going to be like cramped and like, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was it was at Avatar Studios and it was massive and it was the most, I learned so much in what, two, three hours. Yeah. Um, because I thought I was going to be sitting out in the lobby and Robbie's like, come inside in the booth. I'm sitting there with Lynn Aarons, <laughs> Stephen Flaherty, Chris Finwick, the music director, and all and every you know all the other like busy bees, and there's and I'm listening to Lynn say to like um, Kenita Miller like, let's do that again, and this time I want you to da 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 da, mm -hmm. and I'm thinking, am I listening to this? Isn't the best because I love the score so much, and then um, you know to express my love to them for Ragtime, mm -hmm. which again I think is the most epic score ever. It reminds me of Showboat and my favorite year. <clears throat> and my favorite year, Man of No Importance. Lucky Stiff. Lucky Stiff. Yeah, and this was a show that I thought. Um, okay, can I take you back even further with the Lynn yes. Aarons thing? I discovered when I interviewed her, she was one of the people that wrote music for School. House, House Rock. Rock. Yes. <laughs> I was reading that today because sh someone found her like s like strumming strumming her guitar or something somewhere uh -huh. and said, "Will you write this? Yep. Will you write a song?" And that's what started her school rock, schoolhouse rock. And how she legend. changed all of she changed my life growing up. Yes, sure. those. What was the one about? Um, well, conjunction, junction, function, which function. function. Um, <clears throat> and I'm, I'm just, just a bill. bill. Yes, yes, I'm old. Which I think we need to keep playing that on a loop for people to understand. Please, how that goes. in this administration. 
<sighs> but yes. that's why we have cast recordings to retreat to because <laughs> yes. the world is too harsh. <laughs> We have to go, and we have to have this moment. So here we are. We're talking about, so far, we've talked about um, SpongeBob and, and the band's Band visit. Visits. And we're now on Once on this Island. And, yes. you know, as we were talking about the fabulous and wonderful Haley Kilgore, who mm. is making her Broadway debut, mm. you know, I will say this, and I will, I, you know, I will put it in front of an open mic like we're doing right now, <laughs> and that is when I walked out of Once on this Island, the same feeling that I had the day that I walked out of, and this was when it was still in previews, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it just opened, but I saw it that week that, mm-hmm. you know, they let the critics and stuff come in. And I walked out of that theater, and I felt the exact same way that I did when I saw Cynthia Erivo in The Color Purple. <gasps> yes. And it, was, and it was the exact same thing. I said, best mm-hmm. revival, best lead actress in a musical, <laughs> Grammy. You just closed your eyes and went, I did. Ding! No, when when we walked out after after <laughs> Cynthia Revo sang "I'm Here," and oh, yes, the whole Lord. room stood up and clapped for her, and I looked around the room, I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, this." Lord, and Lord, this Lord. was during previews. Yes. I was like, "Oh yeah, she got that Tony." <laughs> like, like when I saw when I saw um, uh, uh, Leslie Odom Jr. with "The Room When It Happens." <gasps> when I saw that, I was like, "Oh yeah, he got the Tony." <laughs> like, oh yes, I saw that yes. And you saw what happened to his career. He has a book coming he has out. A book coming out. Yeah. I said yes. And the national anthem, and the um, was it the national anthem? That no, America the American beautiful. beautiful. Um, oh, Fergie. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, this this show is one of these shows that I think kind of lends itself to. Well, going back, Playwrights Horizons, right, is where it started, and it was only their second show that they wrote together. Yeah, and I think Lucky Stuff being the first, I believe. Um, but this was like the first commercial mm-hmm. show, <clears throat> and. It has such heart to it. Yeah. You know, the first track I listened to, I have to say, because there was, you know, there's the ones that Daniel sings like Forever Yours and Some Girls. Mm-hmm. I went to Human Heart because I said, what is this going to be? I sat there and I sobbed. I just I mean, sobbed. Boo-hoo. Boo-hoo. Leia Salonga. Leia Salonga is just. T- excuse me. Tony Award winning Leia Salonga. Let's yes. just get that right out there. And can I just say when I was at the recording, she was walking around and she reminds me of someone that's like, that's my aunt. Yes. That's my aunt. That's my favorite aunt that I love that I will just always go to. She was just walking she, around like, hey. I got to say, I have had such a wonderful turn of events since doing this podcast, yeah, especially with yeah. her, because it's at the point now where she recognizes me on yes. the street. Like yes, she knows yes. who I am and I because of course I know who she is. Yeah, and yeah, my yeah. favorite moment was they were doing I was they were still in previews and I was passing by the theater and yeah. she happened to be outside signing, which by the way, mostly everybody in that cast comes out and signs. Which, which is, is rare. Very rare. Yeah. And so I'm standing Lovely. there and I'm looking and I was like, is that Leia Salonga's son? <laughs> and I walked over and was like, hey, Leia, girl, how you doing? And she's like, Keith, oh my God. So she stops what she's doing with these other people yeah. and reaches over and gives me this big hug. She's like, are you coming to see the show? And then like, so when I finally got to see the show, I just, I was telling you earlier, I took our, at that time, our intern. Yeah. And we were both sitting there. And so you know how at the beginning of the show, they do their stage business. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. I was just sitting there and all of a sudden Leia comes out of the side <laughs> giving you her Urzul. And she looked at me and she goes, and she touches me and, you know, I know she's in character you know <laughs> yes. so i'm like oh my god oh my god is that Leia? she's talking to me like totally as ursula like this is like my moment i'm sure like how she was like oh my gosh can i please break it's just, i know because she, she was wonderful you know yeah. and the whole cast was wonderful yeah philip yeah. boykin um oh philip Kine- is, is it kenita um kenita um miller Kenita miller mm-hmm. um 
Oh, that Haley Kilgore. She is Merle just... Dandridge. Merle that Dandridge, Quentin yeah. Darrell. What's his name? Quentin Earl Darrenson. Who that else is, is a different man. one? And like I've seen his career, and honestly, Aronson Flaherty has been a huge influence on his career. Mm-hmm. From Ragtime to he did the um, he does a lot of their concerts and things yeah. like that too. Um, beautiful, beautiful voice. Yeah, that show is everything. And I, and yeah. like I said, that that piece. But really, let's talk about the surprise. Not necessarily a surprise for us. Yes, but will be surprised for people when they go see the show. Besides Haley Kilgore, yes, Alex Newell and this damn mama <gasps> will provide. Okay, y'all gotta wait. Y'all gotta hear <laughs> this queen oh, hit these last notes, honey. I didn't know. I, I knew that he had won the Glee thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I stopped watching Glee a long time ago, and so I wasn't familiar with him. Yes, honey. And I sat in that studio, and I, <laughs> I mean, just ridiculous. So you, got the, you had the experience of watching the music being recorded, and not having yeah. seen the performances. Exactly. Honey. The performances. <laughs> well, they did perform on, what was it, Seth Meyers, Seth Meyers recently, uh-huh. and I watched it, and I was like, this is going to be interesting because it's such a very small studio space. And I again was sobbing. I'm just I'm just a sobber. But um I watched it and I watched his performance and I just thought Tony nomination. Oh yeah. Um, definitely. The only quandary will be is that I'm not really sure, and this might be, you know, this is where my old gay behind <laughs> has to, you know, like what the what the kids are doing. What the what I don't know what the kids are doing. <laughs> but you know, Alex Newell, like his character, I believe in in Glee, her, the name was Unique, and okay, was, yeah. was transgendered, mm. tra- transgender in identity, I think, or was exploring that and bringing it out. And okay. of course, since we've seen Alex Newell in full on fabulousness, yes, and you know, being the, you know playing a role that's been something that normally a woman would play mm-hmm. but then when you have Merle Dandridge playing Papa Gay then that kind of flips the the script exactly yeah. so it gives that opportunity but like I'm I'm wondering like on a personal level mm. if he's nominated as best featured actor or best featured actress how he and, would feel about it yeah like, and I wonder is that something that and is... is that a question that we would have to answer come yeah time? which I'm sure is going to be a topic I, you of, know, of some sort you know what though if they <laughs> nominate him best featured actor he's going to stand up there and take that prize <laughs> take it you and run take that, take that for your mama and them <laughs> for your mama that like put you through them <laughs> dance classes and put up with you putting taking her, sh- her, her shawls <laughs> and messing up her scarves with your foolishness figuring out who you are you're going to stand up there and be Alex New for her yes and then after that you could do whatever you want to do and i also also that day after the recording i went i went home and um because you know actually i think i missed that 
them recording that song, which mm-hmm. I was like killing myself. But I, I went home and I, he said, you have to, you know, listen to Alex Newell. Mm-hmm. I found a YouTube clip of him singing with the Boston Gay Men's Chorus, yes. random, random black girl. Mm-hmm. It is hysterical, and it's, it's not. His vocals are ridiculous. It's his acting. It's the acting. The acting is is just as you gotta phenomenal. get you gotta get him to find the clip of him doing "Fabulous Baby." Because <gasps> that's my theme song. Yes. And so he kills it. He oh, kills I bet. It. But again, you know, the surprise performance that I didn't expect to see that was going to pop out like that. It's also one of the songs in the show that's um, it, it's like the one big real crowd pleaser, yeah. big big number. Yeah, that and Human Heart. And human heart, yeah, and mm. um, and so there's a lot to live up to in that moment. <laughs> I will say though, as much as I loved the show, mm-hmm. not wild about the ending. <laughs> Do you know what? <laughs> but I again, think? I'm old and jaded, and that's the reason why. And yeah. we're not going to give it away because yeah. I want you all just know that if you're an old jaded person, <laughs> I will have you will find me, email me at <laughs> Keith Price Curtain College email, and let me sit down and we will have a conversation about how we felt about the ending. But you need to go see the show because the performances yes. are just spectacular. Yeah. And I can, can I also say that this is a, a show that <clears throat> what I love about it is that it celebrates storytelling. Yes. There are very few shows that actually do that where the show is the show itself and then it's also the way that it's told through the narrative is done to exhibit Right. storytelling which is what we do in theater um so there's the, this phenomenal supporting cast of amazing talents that also understudy a lot of the roles as well and um also a major shout out to philip boykin and kenita miller yes kenita miller during i believe it's prey mm-hmm. like there's there's a lot of um in the score there's a lot of random wailing mm-hmm. and um i remember like we had just come in from a break and lynn was working <laughs> lynn and c were working with her and she was scarelting like to the god in a good way. Yes, I think that's you can say that in a good way. Yeah. She was, I mean, just ridiculous growls and everything like that. And they would say, "All right, let's do that again." And I'm thinking, "Oh my god!" Like, she, you know, she got she a got show a, she later. Got a, she got a show tomorrow. You know, it's um, not a study singing for her tonight because she got a show later. And it was it was a true testament to the professionalism of, of those that group of people. I mean, they're all so professional. Yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, it was that was a phenomenal experience, and the recording is great, and it's on Broadway Records. I'm just, glad that they they did that. I just am thrilled because again, like I said, we we are. I think that what we'll do is that this will be the show that we t- the, our last show that we'll talk about just until the next time we get yeah. together. Because yeah. what we have coming down the pipe, we are we just got our hands on. The Escape to Margaritaville, but neither of us have seen the show yet. Yeah. But we will make note of the fact that our girl Rima Webb is in that show, Rima ladies Webb. and gentlemen. Lisa Howard is yes. in that show. Lisa Howard. And the adorable, with this curly hair thing he's got I going on, Paul Alexander Nolan, who I lived for Bright in Star. Bright Star. Bright Star. Lisa oh. Howard, I lived for her, and that it gotta be, had to be you, or it you should have been, been you. you. <laughs> that 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 sh- that role and that song that she had in that on show, the Tonys, she should have been nominated for that, just for oh. that. But again, so, you know, I would tell you, though, if you're blinking your trips to come to New York, and you want to see the theater, you want to see mm. the shows that the people are talking about. Well, we've just given you insight into three of the shows, at least yeah. from our perspective. Yeah. As well as the cast recordings are now available, which yes. for so many of us who live in other places, 
you know, it's, when we were growing up, yeah. that is the lifeline. Yeah. And so for the folks like at Broadway Records and, you know, Shock Boom and, mm-hmm. you know, all of these these outlets that make it possible for cast recordings to be alive and floating around in the world. Yeah. It's like for the theater fan, this is the only, that that is the only option. That, yeah. That she can get it here or catch a touring show. And if I may cap, I mean... Cast recordings in journal. I have this collection I just found the other day at home when we had CDs of <laughs> hundreds of CDs that I would I stuffed into this binder and it went with me like a Bible yes. everywhere that I went in my car in my dorm room and everything burned CDs. Mm-hmm. I remember someone gave me I thought Ragtime was only that selection CD. <laughs> my first day of college, my friend Ben walked in with a burned two CDs. He said, "You know that isn't the whole thing. This is the whole thing." I said. Jesus! <laughs> just opened it up, um, buddy. Yeah. Just opened it up. But it's, it's the only way for some people that don't get to see the show to see the show. And if it's done well, you can understand fan, and follow fan. the show. Well, you know, now with, with in terms of the, the booklets and stuff like that, you yes. can at least read the, the story yeah. and follow along with the music and take that opportunity because that's all we had to do as yes. well. And again, these are the, the lifelines for these shows because this is how a show will live after. After. And Long after a closing. And it's also difficult with producers, and I, I urge producers that if you have the budget to do so, and I know it's a lot of money. I think it's like 10000 yeah. an hour. So, yeah. To budget in budget the damn cast recorder. in advance before you get into all the other big stuff like, do you need that $5 million volcano? Exactly. Um, <laughs> like budget in the cast album because it also is good for, for rights. Like when a school wants to do it in 15 years. Mm-hmm. And Seussical is one of the most done shows. Another Aaron's and Flaherty. Yes, another Aaron's and Flaherty. In the entire country and in the world, and it's licensing, wow. and a lot, and they they have now a Sioux School Junior mm-hmm. cast recordings, cast recordings, cast recordings, cast recordings. Cast recordings are where it's at, and yeah. so we're gonna try to have a. Uh, this is now we. This has been what months and years in the making. Yay! And now we have gotten our first our first half. This is pretty much the first half of the musicals that have come out. Yeah. That are opened officially. Yeah. That we can talk about, and you know, once I guess let's see, like where. February, March, April. So come April, we will have seen the openings of everything else mm-hmm. that's left. Yeah. That'll include Carousel. <gasps> that'll include Mean Girls. <gasps> that will include My Fair Lady. Oh Lord. Um uh what else is coming? What else I was just musical? gonna I was just about to ask you because I everyone that you just mentioned I went <gasps> because yeah. I totally forgot you know, about the cast recording aspect. But, yeah, but those, those those are all coming as well. And yes. we still have the Prince of Broadway, which has not yet been released. But it is coming. But it is coming. So hopefully yeah, we yeah. will have all of those at some point in time in the next couple of months to talk about. And if yeah. we get tidbits between now and then, yeah. we might drop a note. How are you and doing? I will say that I always post um if I may say my social media outlets. Yes, please. Which is Willway Broadway, which is where there's a will, there's Broadway. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I might fix that, but that's what it is for now. <laughs> but it's Willway Broadway, so it's W-I-L-L-W-A-Y, and then Broadway spelled out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter. And I'm on Snapchat, too, mm-hmm. but not as much. But, yeah. But, yeah, follow me there, because I, the, um, I do all the theatrical news, but I have a special love for cast recordings, because I was that 17-year-old kid that had the fans of the opera booklet and was Phantom in his room on Work. his bunk bed. Work. <laughs> so, Work. Work. So. so this this is great. This so is fun. I I hope that you guys got a little taste. You got yes. a little got a little of the shade. We got, you some, know, we got some good ones coming. You got though. some cat. Got some tea. Yeah. Got got some cast recordings that you should think about looking into. That I'm telling you, you're gonna go. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what anybody says. 
I am not a loser. <laughs> and the show that has given me the most life this season is SpongeBob the SquarePants. Which and is so wonderful. I, I'm, I'm just gonna be a fan of SpongeBob. I'm gonna go out. So we're gonna we're gonna show you how much of a not a loser we are. <laughs> I'm not a loser. I don't stink. I'm not a waste. I'm not all alone in thinking that I'm not, not, not all alone. Keith Price's Curtain Call on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, and now Mixcloud.